Traveling the Vortex. Join the doctor as she travels the vortex and arrive at episode 512, where we're going to do great at Supermarket Sweep. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Good. How's everybody else doing? Pretty good. Made it to another year. Yeah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to Happy our listeners. New Happy New Year to you guys. Do you guys have a good Christmas? Yeah. Well, mine was really nice. Um, I got, uh, well... Inadvertently, we got two Oculus Quests. Ooh. <laughs> I saw a login on our Instagram. I figured yeah. you had gotten at least one. <laughs> one we, we, two. We, yeah, well, it wasn't the plan to get two, but um, I had it on my Christmas list last year, and I had it on there all the way up until about... September or maybe even October of this year, because we use Elfster because my family... That way, family can look and see what things we like. And I had it on there, and I thought, well, that's such a large purchase price. The only people that would buy is my mom, and my mom probably wouldn't buy it because she always she always tends to find other things. And so I took it off. And then I Mason had had it on his Christmas list, and Caitlin had said she wanted one. And so I said... I thought, okay, well, this is what I'll do. We'll just get one, and and Santa will bring it to the family, and then we'll just have one, because since we all want one, we'll have one to play. So I ordered one and wrapped it up, put it under, well, Santa wrapped it up, put it under the tree, and we went to my parents' Christmas Eve. Now, this is before we gave it to the kids, but I went to Christmas Eve at my parents' house before we were going to go to Hutch, and I take this box, and it's, interestingly shaped in the way that I know because I've already ordered one and I open it up. Sure enough, that's what it is. And I thought, Oh, and I had already told my mom that, you know, that there was a reason why I'd taken it off, but I didn't tell her what it was. And she showed that. So as soon as I opened it, she goes, did you get one? I said, yeah, for the kids. So we have two. So the kids, okay. the kids have one and I have one and we just, they would, we just call it good. Of course, well, now you can Caitlin, do stuff together in the game. Caitlin seems to think she wants to take one of them to college with her, so back to school with her. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. But <laughs> I don't know if I trust the dorms. Right, them. right. <laughs> anyway, we got that. I got a um, really cool escape room game uh, that I haven't been able to a chance to play yet. But I know. Uh, for, for one, Caitlin and I are excited about it because we both like these. Sean got me uh, To Escape You First Must Break In, Alcatraz Edition. And uh, it looks like one of those, well, in fact, I know it is. It's one of those escape uh, games in a box, which is really cool. And I got... It's not an escape in a box. It's a breaking and entering a break, in a box. Excuse me, breaking and entering in a box. Right, you got to get in before you get out. <laughs> and then uh, Keith got me the uh, Back to the Future DeLorean Time Machine, Doc Brown's owner. Owner's Workshop Manual, which is a book that has uh, basically uh, stats and details and stuff on the uh, uh, DeLorean time machine from Back to the Future, which is really, really cool. And uh, the other the other thing kind of sci-fi related that I got was the, uh, I can't find the box because it's the second Doctor and TARDIS uh, collector's um, figure. It's the, not the, it's the... You know, the normal, uh, what are they, 7-inch? Oh, the action figure? Yeah, the action figure. And, it, and he's got nice. his his TARDIS. It came with his TARDIS. So uh, John got that for me because he drew my name this year. Oh, here's the box. Hang on. Ah, I was just out of reach. Second Doctor <laughs> and TARDIS from the War Games collector figure set. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Couldn't remember which one it was from, so. What about you guys? What'd you get? Sarah got a Switch. <laughs> so Jimma has been wanting to play a lot of Mario Kart. Oh, fun. Which is fun, except she's four. <laughs> so she... Does a lot of driving off the side of the track. And she's four. But then she loses focus and then loses... And then gets upset that she lost. 
so I figured out, okay, we'll, we'll make her happy. She can lose, win the daddy. But sometimes I could not even have the controller in my hands and I'm still in first place. <laughs> <laughs> I need to turn off the auto accelerate for me, I think is the key. Uh, but <laughs> so we've been playing a lot of that. Well, that's fun. And then I got the seventh Doctor final season box set on Blu-ray. Ooh. Which I'm looking forward to dig into that because I didn't realize there were so many alternate versions of the stories on that. Yeah. Including a special version of Ghost Light. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to digging into that. Uh, Glenn got me a really cool Doctor Who calendar, the 2022 13-month calendar, which I thought was kind of clever. The January of 2023 is Jodie Whittaker. So that's how they kind of gave everybody their own month. It's pretty cool. And uh, Sean got me a Scooter's gift card, which we've already started using. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Sean? Well, I also got a uh, 2022 Electric Boogaloo Doctor Who calendar from Glenn, which is hanging in my office, which was great. And uh, Keith also got me the uh, Back to the Future Doc Brown's Owner's Manual for the uh, uh, DeLorean. I almost said TARDIS. You can tell I'm tired. Um, <laughs> which I, I, I am such a sucker for any kind of uh, schematic diagram. Book. Right. I don't know yeah. why. Oh, I'm the same. Like, same. <laughs> and I was so jazzed because I did not know this book existed. I had I was completely blindsided. I had no idea this thing was because if it had been if I'd have known about it, I'd have bought it. <laughs> So, I was a little worried that both of you guys might have either gotten it or had seen it somewhere and picked it up because it came out in like March of last year. So oh it was yeah, like right after your birthday, Sean. Yeah, <laughs> no, off my radar. I yeah, was, I had I hadn't seen it either. I don't know why, but I'm I'm, I'm grateful that it was off my radar because, like I said, I'd have I'd have snapped it up. But no, I'm I'm looking forward to digging into that. And then um, uh, Mel got me a. Uh, a I've been wanting one for a while. I have a, a, a I forget the name of it, the, the gamer's chair. Oh. Re- uh, reaction or whatever the name of them is. It's, it's like an office chair, but yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, you know, a little higher tech, cool gamer's chair. And I've been wanting one for a while for when I sit and play video games. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so infrequently that I don't know why I need a gamer's chair. <laughs> that's the kicker is like after I put it on my list and I dropped some hints about it and then I opened it on Christmas day and I was like, Oh, I'm so excited. I mean, I was genuinely pumped. And then I had a moment of clarity and went, wait, (laughs) when am I going to use this? Well, you can podcast in comfort that way too. Yeah. Yeah. Does it have the speakers in the headset? Uh, I don't know yet, honestly. I've not really had a chance to break into it. And, uh, you know, we, we sat down and, and actually played a little Minecraft the other day uh, when uh, Glenn set up the new realm. So I got to sit in it then, but I didn't have that because, you know, Mel was sitting there with me. So I didn't get to plug, uh, you know, plug anything into it. I was just sitting in it, but it's, it's very comfy. So I was happy with that. And then uh, my other uh, wonderful gift was uh, a new drill. I've been uh, really hardcore. This is how you know you're getting old when you start asking for practical things. The chair was a <laughs> not a practical gift, but the the drill was a we we've needed one. I, I have an electric drill that has been with me since my first marriage. Glenn will attest to how long ago that was. <laughs> and um, it's a little twelve volt, you know, craftsman. It, it's 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 outlived its usefulness at this point. And so I've been for about six months now, every time something in the house went a little wonky, I was like, man, if only we had a new drill, I could uh, <laughs> fix that for you. I have not been subtle about the hints. And uh, so I opened that one up and, and very, very cleverly, Mel fooled me because uh, the first present I got to open was in a DeWitt box. And I went, oh, my drill. And I opened it up and it was a pair of slippers. <laughs> 
And I was confused enough that it did throw me off the scent until later on Christmas morning when I opened the drill and went, ah, okay, there it is. (laughs) (laughs) But much like the chair, I really haven't had a chance to, to, now that I have it, it's like the evil spirits have gone away and not messed up anything for me to fix. Right, right. So I I haven't had the opportunity to screw anything with my my new drill. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, all in all, it was a pretty good Christmas. Yeah. I got Mel a digital picture frame, and I've been slowly, <laughs> oh so slowly, <laughs> going through the last 15 years of memories. Um, and <laughs> Man, I, I've said it before, I'll say it again. As soon as the surgery for the Matrix plug in the back of your head is a thing, I am first in line. Because <laughs> I want to be able to just download this stuff and upload things and, and be good to go. <laughs> but I've been uh, I've been combing through things on the backup hard drives and putting them onto SD cards for her so that uh, she'd have some some pictures on her frame. Cool. Very aesthetic. Nice. This episode of Traveling the Vortex is sponsored by Audible. Audible is the leading provider of audiobooks with thousands of titles to choose from. And you're listening to this podcast, so we know you're a fan of Doctor Who. And guess what? They have lots of Doctor Who audiobooks to choose from. Newer titles like Doctor Who The Ruby's Curse by Alex Kingston and Doctor Who At Childhood's End by Sophie Aldred. You can also listen to titles from Big Finish's Doctor Who audio range. And Audible has audiobooks of the Doctor Who target novelizations and much more. To sign up for a free one-month trial, just go to audibletrial.com slash travelingthevortex. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash travelingthevortex. Sign up today. All right, well, shall we get into this uh, review of the week? We finally got another Doctor Who. I say finally like it's been, you know, very long. It really hasn't, but it's been a month. It's been days. (laughs) It's been almost a month, I think. Um, No. (laughs) Less than. Has it been less than a month? Like, uh, what, two and a half weeks? We have them all the way into December? Yeah, maybe three. Oh, I guess you're right, yeah. No, yeah, you're right. Maybe yeah, three. up until the second week of December. You're right. Well, we've only done two shows since Flux ended. <laughs> I guess we've that's true. One. We did two shows, and well, we did a show. Of, well, if you count if you count this and, one, if you count this and, and one, took, no, we did a show, a side trip, and took a week off. Oh well, okay. I I I so. th- I thought you meant full fledged episode, but yeah, we did do a side trip. Yeah, that's how I mark time. <laughs> <laughs> Our People last episode ended this or dropped December seventh for the flux. Okay. So People ask how many years week. ago was that, and I'd say I don't know how many shows have we done. <laughs> Eve of the Daleks. Happy nearly New Year. Hi, you, Nick. Here we are again. Here we are again. Oh. Anyone else got a proper deja vu? We're stuck in a time loop with killer robots. Yeah, that makes sense. Does it? It will kill everything not within its own image. Shoot. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I enjoyed this one as well. Yeah. It was intriguing. It was a bit intriguing because I was avoiding spoilers, but every once in a while I would see a headline after this had aired on Saturday. I'd see a headline saying uh, how much fun and quirky it was and how funny it was and blah, blah, blah. And so I was expecting maybe something a little different. And I went into it and I thought, well, this is fun and it's quirky, but it's not it's not what I was led to believe that it's like a laugh out loud or a hilarious farce or something. It's really pretty serious all the way through. And in fact, having when they cast uh, Asling B, I thought, oh, okay, because she's a comedian. And I thought, oh, okay, they, they, she's going to be, you know, the comic relief. And she's not, really. I mean, she's got some funny moments, don't get me wrong, but it didn't, it was completely against anything I've seen her cast in. Uh, and she did a phenomenal job. So I, I was absolutely surprised by the tone. And. Uh, it's very intense. It's very scary in point in parts. Uh, you know, it makes you kind of wonder. I mean, you know, they're going to get out of it, but it is kind of unnerving when you know about four minutes in, your heroes are all dead. But, 
but uh, no, yeah, I, I loved it. I thought I, I liked the concept. Um, I had a lot of fun with the the time loop uh, nuttiness of it. Um, it's not something that we haven't seen before, even in Doctor Who. But I think it was done to real good effect. And I think the only thing that I was a little disappointed by was I think it was obvious that it was the TARDIS that was creating the time loop. So I was a little disappointed that there wasn't more of a mystery or there wasn't a, okay, I think I figured this out. Oh, wait, no, that isn't quite what you thought. But overall, I mean, the, the resolution for it, the way they got out of it, it was all, you know, a surprise. So it, it worked on that level. But that was, I think, my only disappointment was the fact that uh, the time loop, I just automatically was like, oh, that's got to be the TARDIS doing it. And it was. <laughs> well, I would I would even say that I don't think the ending was that surprising because they I felt like they kind of made it clear to us what they were going to do when they came up with the plan. I mean, once they kind of developed the plan of how to escape, it was kind of clear, oh, yep, that's how it's going to happen. Well, so I, even that, there, there was no real, oh, wow, that's how they did it. That's no, so clever. I didn't, couldn't see that coming. I, get, I, think, to it to I think what I meant by that was the, uh, the twist of, okay, for this second to last time, we're going to okay. do the complete opposite. So it was the way they got to the plan that they had formulated earlier that I felt was the surprise of how they were going to dupe the Daleks. I thought that was... I mean, it wasn't surprising that they did it, but it wasn't predictable. You know what I mean? The way they did it wasn't predictable. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I would agree with that part of it. I, I agree with everything you've said. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. It's not quite... The Daleks could be any villain in this story. Yeah, yeah. And that's probably the only slight disappointment I have is that it's not a stronger Dalek story. Um, but that's kind of just a minor quibble because, you know, I don't need heavy Dalek stories every single time. They can pop up and just be the random villain. It's not a problem. I was uh, I was pretty pleased with most of it. There were, there were a couple of little niggles here and there. Um, nothing that, you know, I can get uber upset about, especially for a time loop. Because uh, <laughs> automatically, right off the bat, you're like, well, we're not going to dot all the I's and cross all the T's, are we? <laughs> um, I, I thought, the, the first of all, the casting was was, was, was spot on. Uh, the, these people were fantastic. Um, I'm not familiar with uh, this actress as a comedian, uh, but I, I really, really, really enjoyed her. I, I want to say that maybe I've seen something that she's been in. She sounded very familiar to me, but I don't know what it would have been that I would have known her from. She's in um, that new uh, Home Alone movie on uh, on uh, Disney Plus. That definitely re- that remake. Not know her from that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Uh, so, <laughs> but I, I, I enjoyed her immensely. I enjoyed her character. Uh, uh, I enjoyed the dynamic um, between her and her her one client. <laughs> I, I enjoyed the uh, sway, uh, kind of how we go from, is he really creepy? <laughs> With a storage unit full of ex-girlfriend belongings. <laughs> uh, to, you know, no, he's just that socially awkward and, and yet still kind of kind that he's under the opinion that they may actually want something back and he's holding it for them in case okay you know i mean the, yeah that, that 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 that's a that's a, that's a good guy thing to do that, that's a, what they call it the oddball with the heart of gold yeah but um so all, all of that was good i was prepared when <laughs> when we killed the doctor yaz and and dan right off the bat uh, which was relatively shocking. Um, I was kind of like, okay, time loop. Because like Glenn, I had stayed away from the uh, social media and the uh, spoilers because I didn't want to know. And uh, so I didn't know that that's what the premise of this was. So I, I immediately I was like, okay, time loop. And my first thought was, oh, we're doing the uh what is it uh, cause and effect we're doing that episode of next gen where the enterprise gets caught in the time loop and then blows up every commercial break <laughs> you know and uh then we're gonna have to come back and find it and i was prepared to kind of be negative about it 
like I settled into the couch and was like, oh, all right, let's go ahead and rip off another thing. But immediately they set off on a different path. It wasn't the same loop. There were changes made in each iteration. And then they revealed the shortening of the window, which was an absolutely ingenious ticking clock mechanic. Yeah. To, to build into this episode that every time the loop reset, they lost a minute. And that re-energized my interest immediately. It was like, oh, this is new. Okay, where are we going with this? And it, it just, it was, it was really, I thought, a cool dynamic to throw in there and, and kind of throw an extra problem at them. Yeah. Well, um, and plus the, the as aspect of typical time loop stories is we go, we see three or more of the exact same time loop before the character realizes they're in a time loop. Mm -hmm. And this, the nice thing about this was they realized in loop number two that it was a loop. Yeah. So we didn't have to spend all that time treading water. We were able to get moving and get going to more of the action and more development of everything, which I appreciated also as long with the shortening window. I thought that was a really clever dynamic. Yeah, I really liked the how everybody had that immediate sense of deja vu, and they were all kind of like, "Hey, wait a minute, something's wrong here." And, and, and then as Dan, as they're <laughs> time loop Groundhog Day, what same thing? And and yes, didn't we just get exterminated? <laughs> like, wow, you retained a lot from this one. Okay, cool. So uh, there, there was there was a lot of, you know, okay, this is this is something a little different than what we're, we we normally get out of it. Um, giving the Daleks a machine gun, what do we think about that? I, I kind of liked it because it was more effective, and it kind of showed that the Daleks' weaponry is also versatile and upgradable and changing. We don't get the same. You know, uh, egg beater uh, gun that we get all the time in most uh, Dalek stories. So I was okay with it. I kind of liked it. Well, it's interesting that they. It's interesting that they brought the executioners in, especially after all the Time Lord Victoria stuff, which had the executioners in it. Yeah. So I, th yeah. I thought that was kind of a nice, almost tie-in to that series. And I know they've been in the series before, but not very often or not very you know referenced very frequently so I, I, w I was okay that it was a different Dalek and, and enjoyed that aspect of it so I was like oh look it's a it's an executioner just like in uh, Time Lord Victorious and then didn't think another thing of it I hadn't even thought about that but you're right they were they were the uh, executioner style I was um, it 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 worked it, 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 it didn't work for me until it did because I, I the the fact that the machine gun aspect I, I i both like and dislike i think it's a very cool visual look i like the design of the gun i like the fact that because you know it's kind of like making cybermen fly is like what do these things need to be scarier Oh, I know. You know, <laughs> we're, we're already we're already in a, a hate-filled tank. Let's let's give them a rapid-fire option. Oh, okay. Um, unfortunately, this now makes them well, really, really difficult to get away from without being laughably bad shots. And the fact that but they these five humans managed to well, four humans and the doctor. <laughs> Managed to escape all over this closed yeah. environment. Yeah. They they did end up being laughing. Yeah, they did end up being laughably uh, poor shots at times. Uh, when they needed to be for the plot, they were dead on. But when they needed to be for the plot to miss them, and they're running straight down a a, a, a corridor, and nobody uh, uh, nobody gets hit, <laughs> you know, whatsoever. That uh, that was a bit weird. Uh, apparently, the trick to uh, defeating Daleks is is movement. Their visual acuity must be based on, yeah. on on not moving, because anytime they had them trapped or cornered or in a room where they were just standing there and had surrendered, blam, they were dead. Got yeah. them nailed good. Yeah. Anytime they were running, man, the Daleks couldn't hit nothing. 
And so long as they didn't duck. Yeah, or or duck. (laughs) And so I'm two minds on that. On the one hand, it's like this is a really good and logical progression of the Dalek war machine. On the other hand, it's like you kind of wrote yourself into a corner with that. I don't know how you're going to get around it other than just, oh, and they miss. (laughs) Over and over and over again. The other part of that was as the episode went on and then we get the reveal that, oh, we're here. I mean, we're here specifically because of the events of Flux, which I was kind of glad that we're not, at least not yet, sweeping it under the rug and ignoring it. This is still a post-Flux universe. And while we didn't destroy all of the Dalek uh, uh, fleet in uh, that attack, we, we got a good chunk of it. And the dog's kind of, he's a little pissy about it. You know? I mean, he, he he's, they're very, um, they're taking it personal, it seems like. Yeah. And it, it, at first I was like, man, this is kind of almost a revenge thing. I mean, it, it felt very, I, I'd, I hesitate to use the word out of character, but it, it, it was, a, you know, assigning this kind of emotion to the Dalek that they were here specifically as a, a revenge-motivated killing of the Doctor. But then it was, well, once it kind of clicked that, oh, this is an executioner versus a standard Dalek squad, okay, that makes a little more sense because the executioners were a little off. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that, that kind of, okay, I'm all right with it because they're 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 a little wonky anyway. So it, it worked for me on that level. Yeah. Well, and in a way, this almost ties into Doctor Who the movie in the fact of, you know, if essentially the Doctor has stood trial and is determined to be, needed to be executed, kind of like the Master. So it's not like it's not unheard of for the, them to, you know, execute someone based off of their prior crimes to Dalek society. So it just... There was no, we didn't see a trial for this one as opposed yeah. to the master. So that, that's the first thing that I thought of when they kind of revealed that that was why they were after the doctor of, oh, well, it was kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. If there's anybody out there from Big Finish that's listening, uh, if you guys really want to go back in and plug a hole in Doctor Who lore, at least that I'm not aware that's been done yet, the trial of the master by the Daleks. Find a way to make that work. <laughs> I'm really curious about that one. <laughs> um, but, um, no, sorry, go ahead. No, that's okay. I was just I was going to ask you guys what you thought about uh, the them confirming what I think a lot of people had sort of suspected, especially recently, uh, on how he has his feelings for the Doctor. Mm-hmm. I'm of two minds on this one as well. Um, I have also suspected it. I've suspected it from, I think, probably far longer than I think most people have. Yeah, yeah. Um, certainly in the, the, the second season, I, I think some of this was starting to maybe bubble under the surface. Well, I think you were the first to mention it, to bring it up, among us. Um, I think I might have been. Yeah. Um, which I'll totally take credit for now. <laughs> um, I don't think it was totally overt, I think it was just kind of there. I think a fandom is a weird animal, which we, we've kind of discussed, uh, I don't know, at times it seems like ad nauseum when it comes to Jody's run. And there, just as there's a section of fandom that does not like her as the Doctor for whatever reasons, it seems like there's another section of fandom that really, really, really wants to ship the Doctor and Yaz. And um, they're pushing really hard and have been for a while to for, for these two to, uh, you know, I don't want to necessarily say hook up, but they, you know, they're, they're wanting some sort of acknowledgement of this relationship or these feelings anyway. And so I've seen some some talk recently since this episode aired uh, this weekend that some people feel that this is reactionary writing that this is Chibnall and the powers that be kind of giving in to that section of fandom and saying, okay, here. 
and I don't know that I see it that way. I think it feels to me more like a natural extension of the bubbling subtext that we've gotten through the first three seasons. That, you know, this was kind of always going to be the natural end game. I'm okay with it because I happen to like Yaz as a character. And I think it makes a certain amount of sense for her weird infatuation with the doctor, even though the doctor's not totally kind to her a lot of times, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, no. Well, yeah. Maybe kind is not the right word, but. It's not that she's unkind, it's that she's not always, doesn't always think of Yaz's feelings. Maybe that's a better way to put yeah, it. Yeah, I, I would she's agree. She's always considerate of Yaz. How about it's that? Considerate. Yeah. Considerate's a good way of putting it. Agreed. And, you know, ultimately the doctor does have Yaz's best interests at heart because, well, she doesn't want to see her killed. Right. She's always... For whatever she's, reason. She's always being overprotective of Yaz. Yeah. Yeah. And we've seen that since, you know, day one. Yeah. With, with, with this particular group. Um, so I, I, I think it's kind of a natural progression of that. I don't think it's coming from out of the blue. Um, and I'm okay with it because I, I kind of like it. Now there's another part of me that, yeah, it's another companion that's in love with the doctor and, uh, we've been down that road before I get it. It's been a while. So, <laughs> but you know, the doctor's lovable and that's why the show's been on for 60 years. <laughs> I, I, I sort of thought the same thing. I, I, am on the same page i think as you as i feel like this is not something that was sprung on us i think this is something that especially when you called it to my attention that it was something that that was already organically evolving in this in the story in this in the series and but my first reaction was when they did finally go there, I thought there's going to be a lot of people that are going to feel like that this was basically fans getting what they wanted because there's been a lot of that recently. Um, Star Wars uh, is a good example of that. The final film was completely because of a pushback from fans uh, to return to the status quo and almost to its detriment. Uh, The Snyder cut was completely you know, a, a fan thing that they, if it wasn't for the fans, the Snyder cut of justice league would not have gotten made. Um, I, I, even to a point, I think the, even though I think it was done incredibly well, I think having the other Spider-Man's cross over into the final of this trilogy of Spider-Man films also was kind of at least feels fan generated. Um, or, or a, a, I don't want to say caving, because I don't think that these studios or these showrunners or these producers are, are caving to the whims of fans, but they, it does seem to be happening more frequently. So I thought the same thing, but I, I'm with you. I felt that this was has been something coming and sort of bubbling under the surface. And so it felt more organic to me. So I sort of agree that uh, I, I I like it. I think it's I think it's fine. I think it's I think it's more representation in Doctor Who. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, the more inclusive you can be for everyone is is great. Um, I don't think it felt unnecessarily forced at all. I don't feel like there was any sort of shoving it down my throat <laughs> or any political agenda there. And so I think it it felt very natural. And I think maybe even having. Um, John Bishop's character, Dan, uh, be sort of the uh, liaison there in drawing that out of Yaz, and it maybe wasn't his place to let the doctor know, but on the other hand, I suppose you could argue that because there was a chance that they wouldn't survive this. If Yaz wasn't going to say something, he felt he needed to say something to her. So I did like him being kind of the liaison in this. And I, maybe that's why it, what made it work even better. Uh, but I completely agree. Well, and, and him telling her almost felt like it was also part of because of that little spat they had right before she ran off. True. Because the doctor told her to go that he's like... Almost, almost felt like he was also trying to ex- explain to the doctor why Yaz was reacting the way she was 
Yeah, true. Good point. And I, I agree with both of you. I, I wasn't aware of the fandom of wanting to ship the two of them together, but it felt like something that had been bubbling under the surface for a while. Other than my qualms of overall companions falling in love with the Doctor, I don't have any problems with it. I, it has been a while since we've had a companion uh, moon over the Doctor, and it's never been my favorite aspect of the show, and it will continue probably to not be, but it has nothing to do with Yaz or Jodie Whittaker. Yeah. I think the Dan part of it might be my least favorite part of of that. And I, 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 well, I, I can't even say least favorite. I, if I have a problem with it, that's the part I think I have a problem with. I liked the conversation that Dan had with Yaz. I like the fact that he's perceptive enough to pick up on it. I like the justification that, look, I spent three years with you. I saw you peeking at the hologram all the time and that you've been mooning over her. And, you know, why didn't you just tell her, this is what happened to me. I waited too long and I lost it. And, you know, just, just, just do it. You know, Dan's kind of the <laughs> exemplification of YOLO. <laughs> at this point. <laughs> and... and Yaz is kind of just, yeah, all right, yeah, sure, whatever. And then has the opportunity, maybe this isn't the right moment, but kind of gets that backhanded go and do something else from the doctor again, where she's being overprotective and trying to keep Yaz safe, and Yaz runs off. And Dan, being Dan, then outs her. And it's like, ah... I don't know if that was, I don't know how I feel about that. Because on the one hand, yes, I think, it, I, I think in a way it needed to be said. I think somebody needed to say it. Uh, on the other hand, I, I don't know that it was Dan's place to do it. And certainly, I mean, one would think, I, I guess it depends on the doctor, because we've had doctors that should be very very obvious what's going on and aren't because they're oblivious to things <laughs> um so i, I suppose it just kind of depends on what part of the relationship the doctor is choosing to be oblivious to at this point i i get the impression that that jody's doctor is very aware of what's going on and probably on some level does reciprocate those feelings and maybe that's why she's holding yes at arm's length because she's afraid of letting her get too close because she knows that it's not going to be able to go anywhere because she's immortal and is going to outlive her because it's going to end badly. Well, you know, the, the standard I'm immortal problem that time yeah. travelers and uh, immortals happen to have. They um, do keep uh, delaying that conversation about everything that happened. So yeah, that's a, that's a good argument. So I, I think that's certainly brewing in the background. And again, it's, it's kind of one of those, well, I applaud it on the one hand because, yeah, good for you, Dan. And on the other hand, it's like, oh, you stepped in it there, bud. I don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, Definitely you may questions have... if uh, he took away her agency to make her own decision. Yeah, maybe that's a better way of putting it. I guess I'll have to wait and find out. I guess that, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a future Dan problem. <laughs> <laughs> Present Dan made the call. We'll have to wait and see what happens to future Dan to find out whether or not it was the right one. <laughs> but other than that, other than those few little niggles, um, overall, I thought it was an enjoyable romp. Uh, you know, it was not uh, it was not funny. I mean, it was funny, but it wasn't yeah. uh, 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 it wasn't a farce. Um, it it had about it, it had the same amount of humor as most standard Doctor Who episodes. Maybe yeah. a little, maybe even a little more, but it was, yeah, it, it was not by far a far. It was by far a farce. Now I can tell you right now what I want as far as a sequel to this episode, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I need to know exactly who this guy is and I, why he's storing all this weird stuff. I want to imagine that Jeff is the guy holding the phone, watching the fireworks at the end. Well, we've seen I him thought before. so, too. Have we? Yeah, he was in the first episode. That guy was? Or Jeff was? Yeah. 
No, that guy was. I thought that too, and then I had seen articles that this the, the actor who was holding the phone was the crane operator and uh, Jody. Oh, and the woman who fell to earth. His first story. Now, of course, that could be Jeff, but they, he's credited differently. Oh. Hmm. It was one of the trophies that Tim Shaw was hunting. Oh, yeah, okay. All right. I blocked most of that episode, so... <laughs> <laughs> I saw a clickbait article and fell into it on accident. <laughs> <laughs> like, what... What previous character was brought back? What are you talking about? It happens. <laughs> oh, it was like, okay, that explains that person at the end of the episode, at least. <laughs> I did feel a little bit like the, well, the coupling of Sarah and Nick was fairly obvious and was going to happen. It did feel like a little bit of a stretch. Sarah didn't seem like she warmed up to him enough to make it so that they will actually wind up together well in reaction to that i was glad that we didn't at the end when they were even though i thought it was a little rushed for them to be going off to travel the world together although they did just experience death five or six times together but i was glad that there wasn't any sort of like hugs and kissing and and everything like typically could have happened in some you know some stories you know you have that quick together romance kind of thing and then they're all lovey-dovey and holding each other and i was glad that it still kind of felt like they were still exploring each other exploring this relationship and learning about each other even though they were about to run off and you know travel the world together so i thought that they they sort of gave us a a more subtle piece of that relationship and i think that that made it work better you know what i liked I liked elf storage. <laughs> <laughs> the S just fell off. Yeah. When, when, I, when I saw that, I thought, okay, you're really pushing it. Because who's going to name their storage elf store? I mean, I know it's a New Year's special versus a Christmas special, but come on. And then when they address it in the episode and she says, oh, the S fell off, I was like, oh. <laughs> See, I just got that from the beginning. I thought, oh funny the s fell no I, I i totally didn't think of that. and it was it was it was chef's kiss was... <laughs> that's how you write a joke <laughs> so in summary um good episode quite enjoyed it it's a uh, it, it felt very specialish it felt like you know some it felt like an encapsulated uh exciting fun adventurous episode um, I think it ranks up there high now with the specials themselves and just had a lot of fun with it. I was a little disappointed when they opened it. I, I knew it wasn't going to be this way, obviously. But when she opened the door to the TARDIS at the end and they all walked inside wide-eyed in wonder, yes. I was almost expecting a new console. Yeah, I thought so, too. Yeah, so I, thought I don't so know too. why, because it's like, well, obviously she's leaving in two episodes or whatever. They're not going to change it now. Right. But... It was just like no, just 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 mopped. We cleaned it up. <laughs> I, I thought the same thing. I expected a new desktop uh, setting. Although I will say, when when they left, when she ran out the door for only seven. Although okay, I'm going to flip the switch, and we only have seven seconds to get out of here. Shouldn't you have everybody congregate at the door <laughs> instead of in the back well, of the yeah, room because... behind the console and the the columns <laughs> yeah. and the? To be fair, to be fair, Yaz and Dan were on the other side with their back to the door. But I agree. I think I'd have had them a lot closer to the door before I threw that switch. <laughs> Speaking as someone who has had to set an alarm in a video store and then <laughs> run for the door, you get everybody to the front. Okay. <laughs> But um, I did like how all of the uh, clockwork walls I like started. How the columns to... also looked like it was collapsing in, and they... yeah, it was a cool yeah, effect. It was cool. To move. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I don't. I doubt it was practical, but it, it certainly almost looked like everything was actually turning and moving within the TARDIS itself. That was really cool. I'd kind of like to see something like that in the next redesign that maybe there's a practicality of gears or something not not quite the the helicopter that capaldi had going on but i don't know something 
I miss the time rotor. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what it is. I miss the up and down of the time rotor. <laughs> All right, so we, we would be completely remiss in our duties to discuss this and not talk about the next time trailer. Yes. I am so I, <laughs> I am too. And I love the design for what I've seen. I love the design of the Sea Devil. Just the amount of facial expression they gave it in yeah. that one little clip was amazing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and just based on the trailer, dun, dun, dun! <laughs> <laughs> I will probably be disappointed. But it could be I, the worst. It could be the worst story ever. But it had a really cool Z Devil in it. What, what if there's a Merka? That's <laughs> a thought occurred to me. At the yeah, day. I, I, I thought the same. I, like, I thought oh, the same oh, thing. This is his chance. If Chibnall brings back the Merka, he will go down in infamy as the best, the most gutsy showrunner ever. <laughs> you know, he'll go down in infamy. That part is for sure. <laughs> In our books, he will go down on the top of showrunners for bringing back the Merka. <laughs> Even a name drop, I think, would probably set us off. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. sure. Yeah, absolutely. So there, there, There's your episode title already, The Return of the Merka. <laughs> Question mark? <laughs> I don't think I've been this excited for a Who episode in I don't know how long. I, <laughs> that, that just that one sea devil got me so pumped. Yeah, here, here. <laughs> I am very, I, 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 my hat is off to these people for being able to reach back into the history of the show and pull these monsters and give them designs that work. That are, it, it's because I, I don't think any of them that have, I mean, obviously, you know, a Dalek is a Dalek is a Dalek. A Cyberman is a Cyberman. No offense, guys. But, you know, you, you can make the tweaks here and there. But it's it's still going to be... It's still going to be what it is. There's a vast number of Doctor Who monsters that are just not updatable. We've discussed this. You know, we never, ever, ever thought we'd see a Zygon. We never thought we'd see, uh, you know, well, a, a Silurian or... A, until we did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the fact that they're finding ways to bring these things into the 21st century and make them acceptable. I mean, Ice Warriors. And it, it works. And we're like, wow. oh, wow. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think there's a large part of it that goes back to the original designers. I mean, look at this design for the Sea Devil. They barely updated it. Look yeah, at the really. Zygon, they barely updated that. I mean, Silurian's got a massive update. But the most recent Sontarans we got was a throwback yeah. to even closer to what it was in the original. So and, I think the it, fact that and it still worked. That was the impressive thing. Yeah. yeah. Even Ice Warriors haven't really changed that much. And the fact that they're able to update these characters just enough to make them work in the modern day but not having to adjust a lot previously, I think, yeah. speaks volume to the original designers. I, th I think it, 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 it's it's such a testament to the ingenuity of the the prop and makeup and special effects and monsters and uh, all all the pe all the people who have been associated with it from from originality to to now to be able to reach back and pull these things out and dust them off and go how can we make this work for today's audience and then it does. In, in such a way that it, it's, I mean, yes, the old school fans like us are going, Ooh, isn't that cool? But the new school fans are, are not rejecting it. Yeah. You yeah. know, I've, I've not heard anything from anybody online saying, Oh, that was terrible about any of these, uh, you know, returning guest stars as it were. Uh, and that to me is just in such a high watermark for a show that's celebrating coming on 60 years yeah that they can they, they can do that and it, it makes you know capaldi's joke about um, maybe it wasn't a joke but you know what monster do you want to see come back the chumblies well <laughs> <laughs> we're not ruling it out <laughs> never say never well i think Man, it also makes you this. kind of wonder you know, i'd love to have the original designer of the sea devils look at this and hear what he thinks of the new design If this is kind of what he was envisioning, but just didn't have the capabilities at the time to do it. Is that what we're seeing? We have the technology to originally to redesign and update these creatures 
in a way that they couldn't have done in the time they were originally created. So they just had to kind of make do because half the time it feels like, you know, Doctor Who's villains were only subpar because of budgetary constraints. And yeah. now we don't have those kind of budgetary constraints and we can do a whole lot more with them. I mean, just when, when you look back at the run of the show and think of all of the, I don't want to say failures, um, missed opportunities <laughs> with some of these monsters, the, the, the missteps, missteps, the Merca, certainly, uh, the chameleon, um, even even some of the beloved ones. Look at Canine. Look at some of the weird plot contrivances we had to come up with to write him out of of stories because you know, well, it's, it, we're on a beach or a swamp or a. You know. But yeah, just I I'm so pleased and I am so looking forward to. I mean, for just a little snippet of a teaser of a hey, look what we did. Oh man, am I jammed. <laughs> <laughs> That was probably the best Christmas present I got this year. <laughs> it just goes to show that Doctor Who is this, you know, sixty years ahead of its time. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm with you guys on the praise and the excitement. I'm being a little reserved because I, I don't want to pass too much judgment on a three second clip because we could get into the episode and go, oh wow, this doesn't look as good as I thought it was going to and oh why did they do that? So I'm kind of reserving judgment till till we actually see the special, but I'm with you there on the excitement for it. It certainly has the 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 brief 3 seconds that I saw it looked amazing and it does and have me excited. Glenn. It does have me excited. <laughs> and then there's Glenn. <laughs> Thanks for noticing reality. <laughs> Do you collect Doctor Who? Do you have Doctor Who items and you don't know you collect Doctor Who? For all things in the Doctor Who collecting world, tune in to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, a Direction Point Network podcast. I am Larry Van Rusbergen, your host, and I have been collecting Doctor Who for 40 years. With popular features like collection protection and the most outrageous offer, we have a lot of fun. Available anywhere you get your podcasts. You're listening to Traveling the Vortex, a Direction Point Network podcast. All right, so what do we got coming up on the schedule, Sean? Well, coming up on the schedule, this is the year. Delving into the time war. Bum, bum, bum. And the uh, complete schedule, of, well, not the complete schedule, but the upcoming schedule of events uh, will be posted on the website soon. Uh, or, well, by the time you listen to this, it will be. And uh, we will, for the next time, get into Shadow of the Daleks 1 and 2, along with a uh, briefer recap of Genesis of the Daleks, which is uh, frequently considered the first uh, <laughs> first shot fired in the Time War, and our year-long look at this uh, conflict. All right, be sure to check out our website, travelingvortex.com, for the updates on that schedule and on this podcast. And if you get any value out of this podcast, why not put, consider putting some value back into it? You can do that by uh, supporting us and click on our Patreon link. Also, please consider giving us a five-star review wherever you subscribe to this podcast. It helps bump us up in the algorithms and gets us higher in the ratings and recommendations. And make sure you join in the conversation in our listeners forum on Facebook. There you can engage with other listeners and share your thoughts and insights with us and others as well. Anything else we need to do before we close this one, guys? If not, until next time, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. And I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing ya. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied. Direction point! Direction point! A Doctor Who Podcast Network.